Hello, and welcome back to Faith Along the Way, a podcast where some campus ministry friends uh, chat about faith and life. We've been off for the summer, but we are glad to be back with you. I am Pastor Jesse Kenneth Kuhn, he, him, the Lutheran campus pastor at the University of South Carolina. And I'm Pastor Josh Kessner, he, him pronouns, and I am the Lutheran campus pastor at Clemson University in South Carolina. Go Tigers. I'm Dr. Olga Maria Cruz, she, her, formerly the campus minister at Welcome, Winthrop Ecumenical Lutheran Campus Ministry. I had to step away from that work for this year where I am serving as an intern in pastoral ministry at St. John's Lutheran in Wahala. I'm called the vicar in that post. And it's part of the process of being ordained to be a pastor like my friends, Josh and Jesse, who I admire so much. Nice. And today we're talking about deconstruction. You might've heard that word. Um, There's a lot of hashtag deconstruction around TikTok and such. But I think the overall question um, that we're looking at today is what if I'm questioning my faith? I think I get a lot of students in campus ministry in particular finding that they're in a season of questioning their faith and maybe feeling some shame or guilt or fear, anxiety around that. Um, But campus ministry is a great place to be when you're questioning your faith. And that was something that we thought we'd talk about today. Well, I am glad that we're talking about this because one of the ways that I try to tell students that it's okay to think about or have questions about faith, or I don't even use the word doubt that sometimes, but just trying to think about faith. Uh, One of the ways that I try to say that that's okay is just by having my own questions. You know, people ask questions in faith and I always say, well, this is what I think, or maybe even I don't know. Uh, And I think that's the nature of faith. And I think the more that we can be examples of that as pastors even, uh, and not have all the answers is a good thing. Nice. Absolutely. If the question is, what if I'm questioning my faith? And I'd say, uh, good, <laughs> great. Uh, glad to hear it. Mm-hmm. We have a colleague, Chris Christopher. I don't know if he came up with this or if he's just the guy I heard it from, but he said, I'd rather have questions I can't answer than answers I can't question, Ooh, which is like a good good. bumper sticker line. Yeah. But yeah, that, that an idea of having faith that is unquestionable is kind of dangerous and I'd say unhealthy. And so we should ask questions. We should wonder and ponder and wrestle with things. And, you know, we all like to feel some sense of certainty. And so hopefully there is also uh, joy and peace and reassurance in our faith. But I think it's important that there's also an element of uncertainty and of questioning. And that's how we learn and how we grow and how we explore God in new and deeper ways. And it's a big part of what we try to do in campus ministry. Good point. Yeah, I think it's helpful to just normalize having questions about faith. And particularly at this stage, when we're working with 17 to 25 year olds, I like to normalize it by telling them, this is just part of your brain development. Hmm. Welcome to the prefrontal cortex is coming online. (laughs) You now have more access to bigger questions than you were able to ask a year or two ago. You don't get the same questions in youth ministry or in young youth, you know, children's ministry. They're big, good questions that they ask too. But in college, you also get exposed to new ideas and new ways of thinking. And so campus ministry or young adult ministry, this time of life is a natural place for 
bigger questions to arise and it can be uncomfortable or maybe even startling um, when you encounter new views of the world, new views of history, new views of scripture. But this is a place where you can bring those questions and not be judged or shamed, but be supported. And we can scaffold you towards working out your own answers in your own time. Yeah. I, I think you're right that it's uncomfortable to ask questions, and I don't really know why that is. I think maybe we, as a church as a whole, we don't do a good job of encouraging that. We just take things for granted. We use these insider words that nobody mm. understands. We do mm. the same thing every week. You know, at the Lutheran church, we barely ever say a, a prayer <laughs> without reading it from a book, right? So. <laughs> We do these same things and maybe there's not room for questions. So hopefully that's something that we do in campus ministry is try to create that space. And mm-hmm. it takes time and practice, I think, to even ask the questions. <laughs> one of the things that's special about a Lutheran expression of Christianity and one of the things that makes a Lutheran campus ministry in particular a great place for college students is that we can hold ideas in tension. Mm. We make room for mystery and complexity and duality without everything having to be a black and white binary. That's something that is, you know, college level thinking. And you don't have to leave your questions at the door. You don't have to just subscribe to one side of an issue or the other. You can bring in all of your experience and all of the ideas that appeal to you and and sort them out. One of the things I love about campus ministry is that we're surrounded by so many other kinds of faith, you know, different denominations, different Mm -hmm. religions. Uh, And so we have the opportunity to learn from each other. Which in a lot of ways is what college is all about, right? It's a time where you learn about new things in new ways, where your knowledge is expanded in all sorts of fields. I talk to students all the time. They're like, oh, wow, I learned this thing in class that I never would have thought of before. And so, of course, we should be doing that with our faith too, right? It's a a place where we can have the same sort of revelations, that same sort of uh, expansion of thinking, not just academically, but also faithfully. Yeah. I wonder sometimes, this is a question that I struggle with. It's great to have the freedom to ask the questions, but what do y'all do or what do you encourage students to do when it gets overwhelming to have Mm -hmm. big questions like that, Mm -hmm. that you can't answer? What do you do? Good question. <laughs> it is such a good question. Um, yeah, first affirm their their questions and affirm that their their the courage that it takes to express those questions, especially to a religious professional. Really thank them for their honesty and the honor and privilege of being in that murky. Very, it's a very tender place. That place of uncertainty or. Like there's not so much ground under your feet. You used to think that there was this certain kind of solid ground. When we use the term deconstruction, and if you're following any hashtag deconstruction stuff, you'll hear from a lot of people who have either emotionally, spiritually, intellectually moved away from the faith that they were handed as a child or as a young person. And they are trying to take it apart and look at all the pieces and say, does any of this still make sense to me? And the two questions that I want to ask of any big idea that I encounter are, does this hold water? And is it helpful? And so I would ask them, you can take those ideas one at a time. You can sit with them as long as you want. Is there a sense of ground in the love of Christ? 
can you just start with love exists and you can experience love. You, you can experience, do you have an experience of the church that's a, a bedrock or an experience of Christ or an experience in prayer, an experience of a place or a person that roots you in a sense of spiritual belonging or safety? Lo, where is love, safety, and belonging? Where are you finding that? And then take the the rest of the ideas one by one over time. And that will be a journey for the rest of our lives of saying, what makes sense to me right now? What's helpful right now? What points me to Christ? What grounds me in God's love? Yeah, that's great. I personally, when I get overwhelmed, I like to, to zero in. I'll, I'll usually just kind of set aside things that I can't figure out. Free will is one of those things for me. Like any time, like... It, it can be fun to talk about free will, but it's eventually like a big ball of string to me where like if I pull on one thing long enough, it all gets tangled up again and I can't ever get one solid doctrine that makes sense in my head. And so eventually I just set it aside and I'm like, this is a God thing and I'll trust that God's got it figured out and I don't have to. And for me, the place that I come back to, my ground, the thing that I try to hold on to, uh, if nothing else is... I believe that there is a story of love that guides the cosmos. That it's that it's not just random nihilism or nothing matters, but that there is some guiding story of love that moves through all things. And I choose to give that story the name of Christ. And sometimes that's enough. And and even if nothing else can make sense or is overwhelming or is too much, I'll just hold on to that much. And honestly, that's a lot of the faith. May the God who is full of so many big mysteries, but also finds a way to be close to us, bless you today and always. Amen. Peace be with you, friends. We'll see you next time. See ya. Olga Maria, Olga Maria do you have like a breathing thing for us? Oh, sure. Have you ever done the four, seven, eight breath? It lowers your heart rate. No, I don't know that one. Do you have a, a, a thing that will monitor your heart rate? My chest. Do you have a, your watch? Yeah, you can like check in with your own pulse. <laughs> I'll just trust that it's working. Anyway, okay. Yeah. Seems like you're breathing. What's the four, seven, eight? Are you gonna tell me how to do it? You inhale for four. You hold for seven. And exhale for eight. You do that three times and your heart rate goes down and down and down. I'll tell you right now, holding for seven <laughs> was harder than I thought it was going to be. Stop. You I'm, can I'm have in the, your own I'm pace. in the middle of my hold for seven. You oh, can my have bait, your my own bait. pace. In Just fact, I like to go with four, the pace of my heart. Like, feel my heartbeat and let that be the pace. I'm and not... I realize by the second one, third one, it's slower. I do feel like feeling like I'm drowning in the middle doesn't seem like it's going to lower my yeah. heart rate. But by the third one, maybe, you know? I trust the science of it, but in my mind, thinking about my heartbeat is going to make it go faster. <laughs> <laughs> like, anxious-wise, you know? Like, my anxiety is going to be like, is it beating? I don't know. I'm holding my breath. John. <laughs> My problem is it. when I start, when I try to be intentional about my breathing, 
then I like can't go back to automatically breathing. And it, like for the next hour, <laughs> I have to be like, and I'm breathing, and I'm breathing, and, I'm, yeah. and it's like I have other shit I gotta do. I can't just think <laughs> about breathing stuck. all day. Yeah. I can help both of you, but it might take some one-on-one <laughs> -on -one time. <laughs>